Welcome to The Process Pod. This is where we dig deep, get curious, and find growth. In other words, this is where we process. Hey y'all, welcome back to The Process Pod. So happy to have you here. I'm pretty excited as as always. I don't know when I'm ever not excited to get into one of these episodes. I just like to talk. Um, anyway, Today, um, I'm doing some solo processing. You know, the last couple of episodes, I've had some amazing guests. I plan to have more guests, um, but today it's just me. So either I'm sorry or you're welcome. (laughs) Anyway, uh, something that I have been dealing with lately or maybe an area that I I think I'm I'm currently being challenged in and am am trying to grow in um, is boundary setting. Um, and that's boundaries in personal and professional relationships. Um, y'all, boundaries are hard. Boundaries are hard to to set. They're hard to enforce. It's hard to be on the receiving end of someone else enforcing their boundaries. And it's just, it's it's really been, it's been a time. It's It's been a challenge for me, but I'm trying to pay attention. I'm trying to learn as we go. So I figured, why not? Why not share some of that with y'all? So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking all about boundaries. Um, so let's let's get into it. I want to start with making sure that we have a working definition of boundaries. Like, what is it that we're talking about? I feel like we're probably all on the same page, but you never know. You never know. You just want to make sure sometimes. So I'm just making sure. I want us to all be on the same page. So the definition of boundaries is a line that marks limits of an area or a dividing line. Um, Also, a limit of a subject or sphere of activity. So we're really talking about limitations. Um, And the reason that boundaries are so important when it comes to relationships, it's because relationships take a lot out of us. They take a whole lot of of energy and um, emotional space and activity they they just they're pretty involved and if we're not careful these relationships can lead to feelings of resentment and bitterness and and we can just feel really exhausted by them and that can lead to some unnecessary tension and strain in a relationship so when we think about having boundaries in a relationship it's really so that we can maintain it it's so that we can keep this person close a lot of times when we hear the word boundaries, when we think about boundaries, it kind of has a, a, a certain connotation. It feels like uh, it means that there's something wrong with the relationship or um, that one person doesn't want to be in the relationship anymore. Um, and I guess in some cases that might be true. But generally speaking, I think that we... It's, it's important to have boundaries within the relationships that we care about so that they can last. We burn out all the time. We burn out at, at work. We can also burn out at home and we can burn out in our relationships. Especially, y'all know, some, we got some people in our lives where we just go through it with them. Whether it's your sister, your cousin, your best friend, your partner, whatever it is. Some relationships are, are more laborious and you go through diff, like more conflict or you go through different phases. And so especially in those cases, I think it's easier to get burnt out on a person or it's easier to get burnt out on a relationship the more the more you have to deal with in the context of that relationship. 
So it's important to have boundaries so that we can, I don't know, increase our stamina to stay here. Um, so that's something that I've been exploring a lot lately. Um, definitely my personal life, but I think more, more in my professional life, right? And I think professionally, that has to do with a certain level of assertiveness that we're comfortable with or with telling people no, telling bosses no, telling clients no. That is so, so, so hard. Um, and there are, I don't know, there are, there are a few different, di- different reasons why, but when I sit and think about it, I feel like primarily one of the reasons that boundaries are so difficult and uncomfortable for us to enforce or establish is because most of us weren't taught how to do that at the beginning of a relationship. And so now as we're older and we have, you know, friends that have been in our lives for decades at this point and things have been operating a certain way and it's more difficult to come back after we've been friends for so long to say, "Mm, I'm actually not as comfortable with this part of the friendship or with this part of the relationship. Because it, ah, I don't know, even even saying that, it it almost, it it feels like it's going to lead to conflict. It feels way too similar to conflict. And maybe that's just me because I really don't like conflict in my relationships. I'm hypersensitive to it, maybe a little bit too much, but... um, Setting boundaries feels a little bit too close to conflict for me sometimes, which is why it's something that I really struggle with. Um, because it's never my intention to cause conflict or to hurt someone or to make them feel bad or anything like that. So if if in my trying to set a boundary that makes somebody else feel bad, then I I have a hard time doing it. I have a hard time doing it. Culturally... And historically, and just, I don't know, as a society, I think, relationships favor or promote people-pleasing tendencies. You know, when we're a kid and we're taught about how to play nice with other people and uh, and to, to share, and like if somebody asks you to use your this, you're supposed to like just say yes and let them use it and let them do this and make sure you're not hurting anyone's feelings and make sure this. And we're kind of taught, I think, to prioritize other people's feelings. And I do think that being considerate is a hugely important part of healthy and secure relationships. Matter of fact, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are inconsiderate. I really can't, it really just grinds my gears. I, I just, I cannot take when somebody's inconsiderate and doesn't consider someone else's feelings because I just feel like in general, it's a pretty simple thing to do. But even in setting boundaries, I think that you can set boundaries in a considerate way. Sometimes things are just hard to hear. And sometimes it's hard to hear that um, a relationship that, that you have had for a long time with someone that you love, it's hard to hear that that has to shift a little bit or that has to change a little bit. And I think naturally we probably internalize a lot of that and feel like because it has something to do with us or because we did something wrong. And that's just, that that's not always the case. Um, that's, that's not always the case. I think a lot of times it probably has to do with the other person more so. Like the, it has more to do with the person who, who is enforcing the boundary than it does with the, the person who maybe is on the receiving end, you know? 
so, you know, in a previous life, I was much more of a people pleaser and I cared a lot more about what what other people think. Um, and so the people pleaser in me has a hard time enforcing boundaries, but it's the people pleaser in me that really needs them. It's the people pleasing tendencies that caused me to become burnt out in relationships because I don't want to say no or I feel like I can't say no uh, or if I have been hurt by something, I'm I'm not very likely to say something about it um, because that's the people pleaser in me. And if if I really go down this rabbit hole and see that's that's one of the dangers of me recording these by myself because I can just go down this rabbit hole because now my thought is, okay, well, people pleasing, what's, what's that all about, right? Like why are those habits so hard to break? So anyway, it's, it's the people pleaser in me, um, that gets drained and exhausted and, and tired and, and frustrated in relationships, but I'm not saying anything or it's really hard for me to say something because there's a fear there. There's a fear about the other person, how they're going to receive it, how they're going to perceive me as a result. And that type of anxiety, the type that is just hyper-focused on what someone else is going to think and how someone else is gonna react or respond or perceive me or perceive a situation, that has a whole lot to do with control because I'm trying to control the outcome or I'm trying to control the trajectory of this relationship or I'm trying to control how someone sees me. I don't want them to think that I'm this. I don't want them to think that I'm needy or difficult or picky or, you know, that that is the narrative that I'm trying to control. And so because I'm trying so hard to control that narrative or to avoid that narrative, then I keep a lot more to myself because I'm concerned that if I share maybe some of how I'm feeling, that that's going to turn the other person off, right? And so if if you lean towards some of these behaviors, um, you know, a lot of times maybe we're, we're afraid of losing people. So we do all these things to try to keep them close. And really, you know, I feel like every single tactic that we have to try to mm, manipulate a situation in order to keep someone close to us is actually doing the opposite and is really pushing them further away. And boundaries are no different. We're not really doing anyone any favors by staying quiet about what we need in a relationship. We're just too concerned about what the other person needs. But that's gonna breed a really one-sided relationship, a one-sided friendship, a, one, a one-sided romance. It's, it's a really one-sided relationship and it only serves one person. And so what's the point of that? Okay. So we have established that boundaries are important. Um, We've established that they can be really, really difficult, but I think and hope that we've also established um, that they're necessary. 
even if they're difficult, right? And that everyone's boundaries are important in the context of a relationship. So now that we've talked about those things, let's talk about how to do it. Like, okay, come here, we get it. The boundaries are important. Boundaries are good. They're great. But how, how do we do it? Because that's the other really difficult part about it. Having difficult conversations in relationships is so scary. So many of us avoid addressing things because it's uncomfortable to talk about. We don't like having the big conversations. The way that I think about it, the way I look at it is I would rather have an uncomfortable conversation for an hour or two rather than continue to be in an unsatisfying relationship and to perpetuate months and months or potentially years of an unhealthy dynamic because over time it's only going to get worse. Remember earlier we said that it leads to resentment and bitterness. It's only going to get worse. So let's go ahead and rip the band-aid off. Have the hard conversation. If the relationship is worth it and if you want it to grow rather than stay stagnant or regress and grow distant, then you have to have the hard conversations. So I know that talking about these things and asking for what we need doesn't always come easy to us. And that's a whole other conversation, right? We just, it's, it's not what we're used to. I don't know. We, we really haven't been given much permission to ask for what we need. And so we're more concerned about what the other person needs. We understand that that's a, a responsibility that we carry as someone who is in a friendship or relationship or whatever it might be. We understand that part of that responsibility is making space for and respecting the other person's needs. But we skip over the part where we have to communicate our own needs as well so that they can be met. This is that reciprocation that we all want so bad. We all want that reciprocation so bad. So these are the the things that are necessary in order to get it, in order to have that reciprocation. So step number one. Step number one is to increase your awareness of how you feel within your relationships. We have to know what is it uh, that's that that's causing me to have a strong reaction, right? What am I reacting to? What makes you feel drained and depleted and resentful and angry? Like what what is it about this relationship or in the context of this relationship that's causing you to feel those things? Is it is it the the subject matter? You know, certain subjects cause you a little bit more stress. Is it the way that we talk about certain things? Is it the level of access that someone has to you? Um, is it a lack of consideration? You know, is is it a lack of, of reciprocity? What is it that is causing you to have a reaction? And so a big part of that is making sure that you are in tune and attuned to what you need as a person in general being in tune with your body and your um, emotional responsiveness, right? You have to be able to tell when something feels off with you, which means that you have to know what 
your kind of baseline level of satisfaction feels like. So, you know, this is this is also a big a part of the bigger conversation about how comfortable you are with yourself and how familiar you actually are with yourself, right? So we need to be able to increase that awareness of ourselves so that we can tell when something is affected. If we are not, if we don't have that level of awareness, then it's going to be really hard to tell when something is affecting us in an unhealthy way. You got to know what healthy feels like in order to know what unhealthy feels like. So in our relationships, again, personal or professional, you have to check in with yourself and increase that awareness about how you're feeling in certain situations so that you can tell when something has been affected. Okay. So the next step after you come to, to the conclusion of the certain things that affect you. So, you know what I I think I do, I feel a little bit more tired. Um, if we talk on the phone longer than an hour, like that's really, that's really all that I have. Or whenever we talk about, um, about school, I, I feel my body kind of tense up a little bit, right? Or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've, you've made that realization um, and you've increased that, that awareness. You know what makes you tick, right? You know what you're responding to. So in some relationships, there may be more things that you respond to than others. I think that there are some that, that have a little bit more ease, right? And then, like we said earlier, there are some that are a little bit more tumultuous. So maybe if you've been through some things with this person, it might be a little bit triggering to talk about it or to continue to relive it. Or maybe there are certain things as a result, you know, that make it harder for you to to stay as present. So after we've kind of done that, that inventory, then you want to decide if this is a relationship that you really want to keep. If, if after you have done that inventory and you're thinking through some of these, you know, relationships and sometimes you walk away with a long list of things, maybe there's a list of like 10 or 15 different things that really make me tick in the context of this relationship. That's a, that's a lot of stuff, you know? And maybe there's like one or two things for the most part, we're pretty cool. But like every once in a while, I do get a little bit tense around this thing or in this certain area. So then you get to decide if it's a relationship that you want to keep, if if the quality is such that you are willing to figure out how to go about resolving these 10 to 15 things, or if it's not really worth it, right? Sometimes it's a little bit easier if there's only a couple of things that you came with on your list, but... Either way, we have to weigh the pros and cons, balance the scales a little bit, and decide if this is a relationship that you actually want to keep. Is this one that's important to you? Is this somebody that that you're going to see on a regular basis, whether you want to or not? Like a family member, right? Um, or a coworker? Or is this someone that you've known for a long time and because you've gone through so much together, then the quality of your relationship is really significant and so you want to keep it or because you've already worked through so much you don't want to to walk away from it now so decide whether or not it's a relationship that you want to keep you might walk away from that thinking you know what i've only known this person for seven or eight months and this is a whole lot um 
of stress and anxiety that I'm experiencing as, as a result. And maybe, you know, the relationship hasn't been super beneficial to me. So I don't really know if this is one that I uh, feel like I want to put a ton of energy into. That's okay too. We're hesitant to have the boundary conversation or to be on the receiving end of the boundary conversation because a lot of times it feels like that means that the relationship has to be over. Sometimes that's the case. That's that's the hard part. Like sometimes that is the case. Sometimes you walk away from this thinking, maybe it's better if we go our separate ways and we love each other from a distance. Doesn't mean that the relationship was bad or that it didn't serve a purpose or that you regret knowing this person. Maybe it means that it ran its course. Maybe it means that we can better support one another from a distance. Maybe the closeness is causing things to become a little bit more complicated or, or blurred. You know, there are a lot of different reasons maybe to create some more distance in a relationship. So if that's if that's where you fall at the end of the conversation, then you have, to, you have to also be open to that. You also have to be open to the fact that somebody else might not be super responsive to trying to establish and enforce a boundary. You know what, let's, let me not get ahead of myself. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that because that's, that, while that is, is really scary, I don't think that that should be a reason to not move forward with your boundaries anyway. If, they're, if you're really that nervous about losing this person, if you, if you think, um, if this is a person who's going to get angry at you trying to um, assert yourself and your boundaries, if they're really going to get angry about that, then the, the bigger question is, is this a person that I want or need in my life? If you can't respect what I need, if you can't also make space for my needs in this relationship, then are you someone who I need in my life, right? Okay. Um, anyway, so like I said earlier, boundaries are important for people who, who want to stay in each other's lives. So if this is a relationship that you want to keep, then we're gonna move on to step step three and beyond. But if it's not, then... You can just decide to go your separate ways. You can just, you know, maybe create a little bit more distance. If this is not a relationship that, that you want to keep, then a boundary isn't necessary because it's not a relationship that you want to stay in, right? So I want us to to change that narrative a little bit. Needing boundaries doesn't mean that you don't want to be in the relationship anymore. That means that you do want to be in the relationship. And this is what you need in order to remain in it. So boundaries are a good thing. So if somebody comes to you and is and is trying to assert their boundaries, then that's a good thing. Let's let's be glad that they feel safe enough to do that in our relationship and understand that that means that that is that that is a part of trying to strengthen the relationship, okay? All right. So moving on to step 3, right? So we we've we've figured out what are we responding to? in our relationships, what are we reacting to, what's making us feel drained or depleted. We've decided that yes, this is a relationship that I wanna keep. This is someone that I care a lot about. Our relationship means a whole lot to me. Step number three, figure out what your limitations are based on those reactions that that we talked about earlier. So let me see, let me see if I can if I can think of an example, but it's essentially we want to know what are the specific parts of the relationship that cause you to feel drained, depleted, or resentful. So now we have to get specific, right? So, um, okay, perfect example. Um, when I, when I went into private practice, 
Um, it was a very overwhelming experience and time for me. Um, and partly because I didn't know what I was doing. I had so much to learn and I was learning on the go and, and kind of learning by myself for the most part. So it was really overwhelming to me and it was hard for me to talk to people about it because I was still trying to figure it out myself. Um, and so there were certain, that was a topic that I kind of would try to avoid, right? Because I know that people are going to ask certain questions about it, like how's it going and what are you doing or how's this coming along? How's that coming along? And I'm already feeling pretty insecure about it because it's so new and I'm not going to have, not only am I not going to have a concrete response, but thinking about that in the moment is probably going to make me feel worse about myself and about where I am in this process because it's already so overwhelming for me. So that was one of the ways that I had, that I figured out, okay, I think that a limitation for me um, is that I, I can't have uh, conversations that are just about where I am in my practice or where I am in building my practice. Um, and uh, one of the really hard things was especially with especially with my with my parents um it was hard for me to talk to them about it because they ask a lot of questions <laughs> and normally out of mind I tell them all the time I'm an open book like ask me whatever question ask what you want to know so they ask questions but it was hard for me to respond to their questions about this so I think at one point I did say um I think to my dad said something like yeah it's the the work stuff like it's it's going like I'm doing it but it's it's pretty stressful for me right now so like it's kind of stressful for me to talk about it and that I mean that was all it took he took to that very well responded to that very well thanks dad love you um but I had to figure out what the limitation was the limitation was I don't like too many questions about I can't have too many questions about like the specifics about how I'm going about this whole private practice venture because that stresses me out. Um, so you got to figure out what are your personal and emotional limitations. Um, another something else uh, for me is that like sometimes I don't always have the emotional bandwidth to to talk to certain people or to have certain types of conversations, right? The work that I do already takes a good amount of emotional energy for me. So there are often times where I just feel kind of drained, right? Um, so maybe I, I, I know that after a certain time in the evening, if I've had a long day or if I've had a lot of clients, I'm not really talking to anybody else after 7 or 8, 8 p.m. I'm just, I'm just not doing it right? Because I learned and realized that when I do, that can make me even more tired, especially because you never know like why somebody is calling. So sometimes I do just want to sit and chat with my girlfriends. I love it. But then there are other times where I don't really have the bandwidth because, you know, girl talk is getting in each other's business and that's great. And I love to be in the business and I usually have space for the business, but some days I don't. Some days I do not have space for the business. So I realized that on days where I have had a heavy caseload, I can't talk to anybody else after a certain time of evening, right? That was a, a, a limit that I realized about myself, okay? So 
what are the are the specific things that cause you to feel that way? That's this is why that that awareness of yourself is so so important because that's gonna help you figure out what's the limitation. What is it that's causing me to feel this way? So first you have to realize, oh, something is making me feel different in this in this context. I'm ha- I'm responding to something. I'm reacting to something. Something is making me feel different. Maybe it's making me feel sad. Maybe it's making me feel tired. It's making me feel whatever it is. Something's making me feel different. And then you have to figure out, well, what is it that's making me feel different? What is it that I'm actually responding to? Okay. So now step number four figure out or decide if those limits need to be communicated to another person. Sometimes they don't, right? Sometimes they they do need to be communicated, but other times shifting our own behavior is enough to create a boundary. So like in the last example that I gave about talking to people after a certain time of night, I don't really have to make an announcement like, hey, don't call me after a certain time because I can just answer the phone. (laughs) I just don't have to pick up or I can just put it on do not disturb, right? Like that's a pretty simple shift on my part. So I don't think that it really calls for a conversation unless somebody asks, how come I can't get in touch with you after a certain time? But to be honest, I don't have a whole lot going on. Ain't nobody looking for me. And y'all, my phone be dry, 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 dry Sahara, okay? Nobody's looking for me anyway. (laughs) I don't have many responsibilities outside of work. I don't take crisis calls. So nobody's looking for me for real. I ain't got no kids. I'm very, very single. Nobody's looking for me, okay? And so if somebody really needs to get in touch with me, you know, I got the thing on the phone where like, if, if you call back to back, it'll come through. And if you calling me back to back, then something must be wrong or it must be important. In which case I will make the space and keep it short. But anyway, uh, so that is not a limitation that I feel needs to be communicated. Sometimes a, a limitation does need to be communicated. Right. Like in the previous example, when I was talking to my dad, and I had to say talking about work is very stressful for me right now, which is why I don't want to do it too much. That's that's a that will be a harder shift for me to make, because like work is the main thing that's going on in my life right now. So it would be pretty apparent if I'm just like not talking about it uh, or if they're going to continue asking, like, how do I just like, I can't just keep dodging these questions all the time. Like y'all going to ask about my work because you're interested in my life because you love me. So it's, it's too difficult for me to keep dodging the topic. It's going to come up. That's a more specific thing, a more specific topic. So it might be appropriate to appropriate to communicate that. But I, I want to talk about communicating our, our boundaries and limitations even even in the way that we communicate them, it's it, it's really scary when we feel like we're asking someone to do something for us. You know, if you have to say, hey, um, it's really offensive to me whenever uh, you put mustard on your sandwich because the smell is really nauseating. And so if you could just not put mustard on your sandwich when you're next to me. I would really appreciate it. 
Like that feels pretty like intimidating to have to say and to have to ask someone to do because they're a, a grown person. They're a human being. Like who am I to tell somebody to put no mustard on your sandwich next to me? Like, you know, that's, that can be kind of intimidating and overwhelming. So we're not really asking anyone to do anything, but we're more so informing them about our behavior moving forward, right? So if the mustard is really an issue, um, then instead of saying, hey, could you just not, it could just be, um, I don't, I'm not going to stand here. I'm not going to stand next to you while you make your sandwich. I'll wait for you over here on the couch or at the table, right? That's it. Just informing them of your behavior moving forward. So if you have somebody who maybe speaks really aggressively or they tend to get disrespectful when we're in conversation or when we, when we are in arguments, instead of, of saying, um, can you not speak to me like that because it makes me feel disrespected and X, Y, and Z, right? That is putting the onus and the, and the responsibility on the other person because they have a right to say, no, I'm gonna do what I want because I'm grown, right? So it's not up to them to carry out your boundary. It's up to you. So instead, you can just let them know, I don't have conversations that are aggressive. I don't, have a com- I don't, I don't stay in conversations that use violent language. It's a simple statement. They can continue to use whatever language they want to. I'm informing you that I'm not going to be a part of, of the conversation if this language is present. That's it. So when we... When we make it more personal for us, then it's a little bit less scary. Maybe that's just for me, but I think for, for me, that feels a little bit less scary. It's, it's less overwhelming. It's less risky. It's less risky because if that person says, no, I'm going to put my mustard on my sandwich wherever I want to. And it, if, if, they, if it's an issue and now they're saying no, then what? then it does lead down the road of more conflict because now am I asking you again or we get into a conversation about it? Or if they're saying, I, I talk however I, however I want to talk and if you don't like it, then that's your problem and not mine. So now we're getting into an argument about how you're speaking to me. When it didn't have to be that, it could just be, I'm just letting you know about my behavior moving forward. I'm just not going to be a part of the conversation. I'm not going to beg you to talk to me like a grown adult. No, I don't have to do that. But I can still state my boundary and enforce it in a way that is affirming for me. So that kind of, that kind of leads us to step number five, which is if it needs to be communicated, finding the best way to communicate that boundary and also inviting conversation about other potential boundaries, inviting conversations about their boundaries. Let's turn this into a, a check-in about our relationship in general to make sure that everyone's needs are being met. Is there something that I'm missing? Or is there something that I could be doing a little bit better to help you feel more confident and secure within this relationship? I wanna know. So in the same conversation, if it's a big conversation, which it doesn't always have to be, right? It doesn't always have to be like, hey, can you sit down because I have to talk to you about something. That's the other thing. That's why it feels so, uh, it feels so big and it feels so intense because it's like, hey, can you, can I kind of talk to you for a second? Like, it's really important. I actually wanted to talk to you about some of my boundaries. Girl, that feels real, real heavy. It don't have to be that. It don't have to be that heavy. It could just be like, 
as we're walking and talking or as we're hanging out and you start making a sandwich, you start putting mustard on it. I could just let you know, I'm going to wait over here until you're done so I don't have to smell the mustard. That's It could just be that. It could, it could be that simple and stating a boundary in the middle of an interaction. It doesn't, have, it doesn't always have to be a big sit down. It probably shouldn't always be a big sit down. No, because I think then the other person sometimes is already coming to it with their, with their guard up and we're feeling defensive. Um, and that just is not, that's not the vibe that we're going for. You know, that, that ain't it. That ain't it. But if you do find yourself having an entire conversation, then let's make that a conversation about boundaries in general. Because again, if they're feeling kind of like a little bit defensive, then that's that's a way to try to neutralize it a little bit um, by saying, well, is there anything that I can do to help you feel more secure in this relationship as well? Because again, we don't want things to be one-sided. We want them to be reciprocal and mutually beneficial, right? We are having this talk about the boundaries because we want to stay in each other's lives. So let's find out how to do that. So those are the five steps. <laughs> those are your five steps to figuring out when a boundary is necessary and finding the best way to communicate and enforce them. Not always the easiest, but hopefully breaking it down into these steps can make it a little bit more feasible and a little bit less of a daunting task. I understand that it's going to be uncomfortable and feel strange sometimes because we're just not used to it. We're not used to asking for what we need in relationships. And it's and it's really a shame. I mean, just think about how much better and stronger our connections could be with other people if we were both being intentional about being good to one another. What a concept. <laughs> what a concept. Let's let's just both be considerate of one another. Let's let's both try to make sure that this is mutually beneficial. Right? And the way that we get that that reciprocity is by asking for it. I know that it would be so much easier if they could just read our mind. If we didn't have to actually communicate about things, it would make, it would make life so much easier. I don't want to have to actually communicate. Like, I don't want to have to tell you the things. Why can't you just know? Why can't you just know that I cannot do mustard? Why do I have to, you know? But that's not how life works. <laughs> Unfortunately, nobody is a mind reader. Um, and so we have to ask for what we need. Boundaries are about learning to be good to one another. They're about learning to be better to one another. I think that if you are willingly entering into a friendship, a relationship, a partnership with anyone, then you should be on an ongoing mission to treat them well and to be good to them. I hope that whoever is is in my life, I hope that they're open to ways to to be a better person for me, a better person to be in my life. If there's a way for me to be a better friend to you, I want to know. 
If there's a way for me to be a better partner to you, I want to know. If there's a way for me to be a better sister, a better daughter, a better therapist, a better anything, I want to know. Because my relationships are ridiculously important to me. And so I guess I, I owe it to myself and the other person to let it be known what can be done to make it better. Okay, Camille, you need to work on that. You need to open up your mouth. All right, sorry, y'all, I'm talking to myself. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully that, that was helpful. Um, but I know that it's not gonna be an easy fix. It's not an overnight thing. We still have those people-pleasing tendencies. And it's still easier to make everything about the other person. Um because then we don't have to do the vulnerable stuff, you know, and talk about our feelings. Um, it's much, much easier to make room for somebody else's and to talk about theirs. And so this brings me to our self-compassion moment today. What I really want to say is your needs and comfortability are equally important as anyone else's. Their needs are not more important than yours. What they want doesn't matter more than what you want. What you need matters just as much. I know, I know, I know, I know. But it's true. We have convinced ourselves um, that we don't need as much as, as the next person or that what we need doesn't matter as much as the next person. It's like we, simu we simultaneously think too much of ourselves and not enough of ourselves. We think too much of ourselves when, when we believe that we don't need as much as somebody else. We think way too much of ourselves when we think that we don't need nothing, right? Like, oh no, I'm fine, I don't need. I don't need anything. I don't need as much as the other person, right? We have very, very high expectations of ourselves. And I think sometimes we put ourselves on a pedestal maybe without knowing it. We think too much of ourselves when we believe that we don't need as much as the next person. And we don't think enough of ourselves when we believe that what we need is not as important as the next person's. So at the same time, we're thinking too much of ourselves and not enough at the same time we are being um, arrogant and self-deprecating. It's wild. It's wild. I'm telling you. It's, it's, it's two sides of the same coin, I think, right? There are, these are the two extremes. And so we have to find a way to get to the middle, to, to find our way back to the middle, you know, um, where we can believe, well, no, before we even get there, number one, we have to accept the fact that we have needs within the context of any kind of relationship. We have to be okay with that. It does not make you weak. It does not make you less than. It does not mean that something is wrong with you or that you are needy or that you're desperate. It doesn't mean any of those things. Go ahead and get that out your head right now. It doesn't mean any of that. 
it means that you are a human being just like the rest of us. And it means that some things make you feel better or worse than others. That's it. That's it. Like, <laughs> get over yourself. That's it. <laughs> That's all it means, you know? Um, so accept the fact that you have needs. You have wants and needs in the relationship, as does everybody else. And then start to believe that you deserve to have those wants and needs met. You deserve what you're asking for. This is, uh, as soon as I said that, I automatically started thinking about dating and relationships and and low self-esteem and low self-worth and settling in relationships for less than we deserve because we don't think that we have the right to ask for more and just, ugh, I think back to my younger self and some of the things that I put up with, with people. I, I can't even say in relationships because some of them, most of them, I don't know if I would even classify them as such, but I put up with a whole lot from people because I didn't feel like I could express what I needed. Maybe it's because I didn't think that I would be able to get it. So what's the point of asking if I, if you're not going to be able to do it, then I'm just going to feel bad. But really it's like, Camille, if he can't meet that, then he don't need to be with you. Then he can't be with you. That's it. He can't meet the qualification. He don't, he don't have the credentials. He can't meet the qualifications. <laughs> let him go. No, let him go. But instead, I just stay quiet, like I think many of us have done, and try to um, rewrite the story or reframe the thing that's causing me to feel a certain way to minimize it in my mind, to make it seem less important to make me seem less important. Ooh, no, 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 no. Can't stay. I can't stay here too long, y'all. <laughs> we don't have time. I cannot stay here too long. That's a whole that's for a whole other day. Anyway, so self-compassion moment. Your needs and comfortability are just as important as everybody else's. And you need to start believing that. You deserve to ask for what you need just like the other person does. We're so willing to make space for somebody else, but we're not as willing to take up space ourselves. We should be just as willing, just as willing. Because we're not putting up with one-sided relationships anymore. Both sides matter. Okay. So... The last thing I want to leave y'all with today is, is a reflection question. And the question is, what are your boundaries creating space for? We are fearful of, of asserting and enforcing our boundaries because we feel like it's going to take something away from the relationship or that somehow it's going to damage the relationship. That's not so. Not the case, right? I, I hope that by now we've established the fact that boundaries are good and benefit relationships. So think about what is going to be added to your relationship 
rather than what's being taken away from it. What are your boundaries creating space for? It's it's allowing me to to be more energized and therefore to be more present. It's allowing me to be more responsive because I am not walking on eggshells anymore. It's allowing me to be more more honest and making space for more transparency, which makes space for for more trust and a stronger relationship overall. So think about what are your boundaries creating space for rather than thinking about what are my boundaries taking away? We have to find a way to make it seem less scary. Like, I don't know why, but asking for what we need feels like this big, huge, scary thing. And it's it's really not. It's really not. The, the scary thing is rejection and abandonment. That's the scary thing. But if this relationship is as important to the other person as it is to you, then boundaries will not ruin it. They will only strengthen it. Without being honest and transparent about what we want and need, we are only creating more distance between this person that we're desperately trying to hold on to. And it's like we're scared of of running them away or scaring them away, but instead we're actually pushing them away by not being open and honest and transparent and vulnerable, by not doing the hard things. We just have to do the hard things for people that we love, with people that we love, if you want to keep loving them and if you want them to keep loving you. Just, just got to do it. You got to rip their bandaid off. And honestly, I'm talking to myself. I told y'all that this has been a challenge for me recently. Like, um, I'm talking to myself too. We all growing together, okay? What they say high school, we're all in this together. Um, so think about what your boundaries are, are creating space for. And hopefully by answering that question, that will motivate you or give you that extra push or maybe a little bit of, of strength or, or courage to actually have the tough conversation because it's going to benefit you more in the long run. I just think that if we're that scared of losing someone, that we should reevaluate whether or not they deserve to be in our lives in the first place. If I'm afraid that by sharing what I need, you're going to run away, then I want you to run away. <laughs> I don't need nobody here who can't show me the same value and care and compassion that I know I'm going to show them. I saw something somewhere on social media that, that said, um, I, I can ask for these things because I'm willing to give these things. And I think that is so true. That is so, so true. I can have these standards for the people in my life because I know that I am willing to meet the same standard. Matter of fact, I try, I strive to meet those standards already without them maybe even knowing what they are. But if this is a standard that I'm already trying to live by, then it should be one that I'm willing to ask for. That's it. And you know what? This goes to dating as well. We're back. I know. I'm sorry. I thought that we was done with this topic for today, but we're back. (laughs) We're back. 
This is the same standard where we can ask for it because we're willing to give it. We're willing to do the same thing. I can ask for respect and consideration because I'm willing to give respect and consideration. I can say, ain't no last minute plans. I need at least a full day's notice because I know that I'm always going to give at least a full day's notice. Because I like to know what my day is going to look like. So I can ask for that because I know that I'm willing to give it, you know, like think about it in, in those terms. Maybe then it'll be a little bit easier. I Like it's, you're not being unreasonable. I don't know why we feel like it's unreasonable to speak up about what we want and about what we need. It is the most reasonable thing that you can do in a relationship. They don't come with a guidebook. You kind of have to write it as you go. So think about this as the guidebook for your, for your relationships, the guidebook for your friendships, the guidebook for your partnerships. Everybody needs to know what's, what's in the guidebook. <laughs> so you have to have a hand in, in creating it. Because otherwise you have nothing to hold them accountable to. Otherwise they get to kind of do what they want and run rampant and you can't really say nothing about it if you've never made it clear what you what you expect and what you need. You can't hold somebody accountable if they're not first aware of the standard. So you have to find a way to communicate the standard so that they can be aware. And then that gives them a chance to show up for you in the best possible ways. And then that gives you an opportunity to hold them accountable later. And we're all just, we're all just growing together. We're just growing and evolving together. That's it. That's it. Um, but anyway... If you are also struggling with boundaries in your relationships, I would love to hear from you. Um, Because again, this is something that I am actively trying to grow through. So any tips would be helpful. (laughs) Anyway, I'm rambling at this point. I'm still working on my boundaries. I hope that this has inspired you to work on yours as well. As always, thank y'all for listening. And I hope you come back soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Process Pod. If you want to keep the conversation going, submit questions or episode ideas, make sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore process pod. Take care of yourself and I'll talk to you soon.